0: Numbers chapter 11. The topic today is word-based expectancy. Um, We'll start with Numbers 11. So word-based expectancy, which is... uh, Topic number eleven is that we read this recently as well. It's that record where they were asking for Moses to give them meat in the wilderness, and um, they were complaining about not having meat. And God responded, said, "Okay, I'll give you meat. Not for one day, two days, twenty, but a month until it comes out your nostrils," um, which is not the intended purpose for meat, by the way. But anyhow, God wasn't very happy with the request. Um, but it's interesting, when Moses responded, because he, he, Moses, you know, he asked in verse 22, are we going to, you know, slay all the flocks for them? Are all the fish going to be gathered together? So we looked at that recently. But uh, God's response in verse 23, And the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short, um, Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not that's sort of what i want to look at today was you know god's statement to moses was okay you know uh, he said and in, and in, in, in we have a question not a question but a let's let's just see what happens but really what it means is that my word always comes to pass moses why would you ever doubt that my word would not come to pass you know you can read that into what he said there Uh, And did it come to pass? It certainly did. did, There's no question of it. And what I was thinking about was that in our lives, as we live our day-by-day life, we should never replace the expectancy of what God's Word says with our own experience or with anything else that you may have heard somebody else talk about. Our expectancy should always be exactly what the Word says. And And that's the life we should live. Um, in Joshua chapter one, and we you know we know that it's not easy, but that doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do either. In John Joshua chapter one verse one, it says, "Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said, unto Moses. Of the wilderness And this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So Joshua was given promises. He was given the word. He had God's word given to him. And so now, now Joshua, like we all, when we have God's word, we have a choice. Whether we're going to expect the word we've been given to come to pass, or whether we're going to try to do something else in situations. And the interesting thing is here, God doesn't just say to Joshua, well, you know, take it easy, you know, relax. You know, you've got the word of God now, and there's, you know, nothing else that you have to do. That's not what he says to him, even though he had God's Look at what he says, and he says it three times. So uh, pay attention. Verse 6, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people, that's verse 6 in Joshua 1, unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. So he told Joshua his part in this was to be strong and of a good courage. Verse 7: Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. He said, You know, here's the word: No one's going to stand before you, the land is yours. You be strong. And courageous. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? When it comes to God's Word in your life, my life, when we know what God's Word says, do we still have to be strong and courageous to walk? Absolutely. It's not a matter of, oh, you know, it's no problem. I don't have to think about that promise anymore. It's been given. That's the end of it. You know, we'll just... No. It says be strong and courageous. And let's keep reading. Verse 9, 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Well, if that's not going to depart out of his mouth, then he needs to keep it in his mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein. So if he needs to meditate on the word, then he has to think about it. Conscious effort to think about it. Day in, so in day and night, therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. By the way, if you've forgotten, Joshua, verse 9, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Three times. And this time he adds, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You know, could he have any greater promise? He goes, listen, I've given you my word. Your job is to think about it, meditate on it, don't let it go out of your mouth, and this means you know when we're not something, we're in a situation in our lives when things aren't going the way we want to. Then I'm still confessing; we're still confessing God's word, because it's still true. And our expectancy should be what the word of God says, not what my experience might have, might lead me to believe, or what the word of world might lead you to believe, or what anybody else who says anything about the scriptures might lead you to believe. Our expectancy has to be what God said. So he told Joshua, you need to expect you need you need to believe what I've told you. But in order to do that, you gotta be strong and courageous. And by the way, don't be afraid. Because why not? Because I'm with you wherever you go. What a great promise. Is that still true for us? Isn't it greater for us? Something about God having made his home in us by way of the Spirit? In Proverbs chapter 4. There are certainly numerous things that can come your way our ways to replace the expectation of what God's word says to us in the promises that that have been made to us um, in Proverbs four again the active participation in believing God that we take that we do is highlighted nicely here in Proverbs four verse 20. My son, attend to my words. This is really, uh, you know, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Really, exactly what God told Joshua. Like, you need to think about it. Don't let it go out of your mouth. Just think about it day and night. Well, even you know, if you don't think about something day and night, what does that mean? What does it mean? How do you actively think about something day and night? Well, you at night I'm asleep at nighttime. Well, maybe you wake up the other time. You know the first thing that come to our mind the Word of God and sometimes it's things we're thinking about maybe we're troubled about or whatever but you know God's just 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 meditate there in day and night and don't let it depart out of your mouth what does that mean it means well you ought you know we ought talk about God's word to ourselves number one <laughs> and then to others to our families the Word of God uh, verse uh, 20, incline thine ear, incline means, you know, it's an active participation, it's taking heed, it's hearkening onto it. It's that idea where you stretch out your ear and listen, hey, what was that? You know, you, someone says it, you missed it, you go, wait, I don't want to miss that. It's that. That's what that word means, is to incline thine ear. You make sure you hear it. Um, and This all takes effort and work. Verse 21, let them not depart from thine eyes. Isn't that what he told Joshua? <laughs> out of your mouth, that don't forget about it. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. So look at all the words that are used here: attend, incline, don't let them depart, keep. All these take effort. One of the one of the you know that word keep uh, a lot of times uh, a lot of related words to that are watchman or overseer, right? That those are the same words that are used. You, you know, a watchman or a guy used to be, look around, you know, a palace or whatever, a castle or a fort to make sure there was nothing coming towards the city that would be a danger to um, the people in the town. You're a watchman over what you allow to go into your mind, right? You keep, you keep, it says keep um them in the midst of thine heart so if i'm going to keep the word of god in my heart i'm going to be an overseer over my heart that i don't allow other information in that would possibly cause that which is in my heart to be corrupted or destroyed and i know that isn't much of a challenge because there isn't much information available in the world today But, you know, anything that comes in, here, here God says, keep it. How am I going to keep the word in my heart if I listen to things that are contrary to God's word constantly? Well, you might think, well, I can do it. No, you can't. You're lying. We're lying to ourselves if we think that's possible. Keep, he said, keep it in your heart. And he told Joshua, you got to think about it day and night. You got to talk about it. And then you got to be strong and courageous and not be fearful because I'm with you. And those were all great promises, aren't they? Um, so he says here for they are in verse 22 the result for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh and that you know finding is that kind of where you're seeking actively for something not just oh look there's the word I tripped on it that's not what it means you went to it you sought it you got you've got the word now now you don't ever let it go and you don't ever change your expectancy of what the Word says is true and will come to pass based on other information. We don't allow that to happen. And that's the challenge. That's the part where it takes courage, strength, and lack of fear in life. And knowing God is always, always with us. In, um, where are we? We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. context of this uh, chapter 10 is when they were doing all kinds of idolatrous things in the old testament and, and you know paul here gives an example of you know don't don't do the things they did in the old that situation don't go after the idols and all that but verse 13 is what i want to get to it says there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it? Well, have people in life, Christians, have they ever succumbed to temptations? Yeah, they have. Well, what's God's promise? God's promise is that He's never going to allow you to be tempted above that you are able but we'll always make a way out. Well, how come those people that were tempted in those situations didn't find the way out? Well, they stopped expecting what the word of God says. They didn't, you know, if God's if if the word here is true and if it isn't, we can just go home now. But if if it's true here in this verse, then that means every situation that we ever come across in life, whatever it might be, God is with us wherever we go, and there's always a way out. He's not going to let us fall if we look to Him. And again, we can't forget, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, and God is with us wherever we go. Um, While we're in Corinthians, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse eight. For we would not have, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired even of life, you know, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. So it's not a good situation that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. So do we serve a God which raises the dead? In fact, the entire thing in 1 Corinthians 15, the thing that God has Paul write by revelation, the entire argument there is what? That if Jesus Christ isn't raised, then we got nothing. But if he is raised, which he is, we've got everything. We we trust in a God which raises the dead. So look at the next verse. Verse uh, 10. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So, you know, here he talks about how here's this God, Paul says, we're in a tough situation here. You know, we're at the point where we feel like we're going to die, sentence of death in ourselves. But we know that we trust in a God that raises the dead. And we know in the past He's delivered us. He's delivering us now, and we know that He will yet deliver us. You want to talk about word-based expectancy, expectancy of God's word come to pass? He had done it in the past, so that you keep that as, you know, uh, the thing upon which you you base your experience on the on the things that happen when God's with God's word, not other experience, but things that have happened with the word of God. When God has delivered us, he says, "We trust in him. He, live, you know, he's always with you wherever you go. He delivered us. He's delivered us now, and we know he's going to deliver us." Is this true for us in every situation? Absolutely, you know. But did Paul and these guys have to be bold to speak the word? Yes. There's. Did they have to be courageous? It's not hard. It's hard to get out of a, you know, swimming in the deep three days or shipwrecks and beatings and all these things without being a little bit bold, and a little bit courageous, and not being a little bit decided, and not, not succumbing to fear, and, and maybe having the temptation to forget that God is with you when you're beaten for the 37th time or lash and the fifth time. But you see, see, it doesn't mean that things don't happen, but bold, courage, not be afraid, and God is with us. And recognize that He's always come through, He's with us now, and He's going to be with us tomorrow. It never changes. Um, Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Back a couple of books or chapters expectancy of the word you know have, expecting God's word to do what it says that it will do in uh, verse four, 4 I'm in the wrong chapter first Corinthians chapter 14 sorry 14 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 he that speaketh in a tongue edifieth himself okay first just the first part of the verse he that speaketh in a tongue Edifieth himself okay so when I speak in tongues in my life am I expecting to be edified well I should be shouldn't I because the word of God what does it say it says that when you speak in tongues you build yourself up that is expecting the word of God to do what it says it will do I should never veer from that I should never change from that I should always expect that. If I expect that, then I might speak in tongues more because I think it's a good thing to be built up. I think we all do. But if I don't expect it, or if I don't believe it, then I might speak in tongues less. Say, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure about that verse. Well, either the word of God is true or it's not. You know. So here it says. When you speak in tongues, you edify, you strengthen. So if I'm ever complaining, I don't really feel spiritually strong. I feel a little bit anemic. I feel a little bit unsure this today. Well, the Word of God says if you speak in tongues, you will build yourself up. So when I actually do speak in tongues, while I'm doing it, I should expect myself to be built up. Because there's nothing you do based in the Scriptures that if you don't do it with believing, it doesn't work. That includes everything. All things without faith, right? Not worth it. So when I'm speaking in tongues, I ought to expect to build myself up. And then I should afterwards expect that when I've done it for a while, when I wasn't feeling so good or not excited or anemic or whatever, then after, I should feel better. And if I don't, then I still need to be bold, courageous, And not be afraid and know that God is with me. So, and you know, it's a very simple, Christian, the Christian walk is a simple walk, isn't it? You know, you just got to do what God tells you and know He's with you. That's it, nothing complicated. How about Matthew 21? Matthew chapter 21. you know a lot of these verses all of them you know but and we've thought about them but it's nice to think about them from the point of view of well, when i read this verse am i expecting what this verse says to come to pass in my life and if i'm not what can i do to build that expectancy for this to come to pass in my life what can i do um, because i know I, I i've already you know had every verse in the bible come to pass in my life so i'm just talking you no know, You know, our whole life is a walk of learning to be more bold, be more courageous on God's Word, and expect what He says to come to pass. In Matthew 21, verse 21, you know the verse, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And there's an open-ended promise, isn't it? All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Okay, now we know the all things is is you know uh, within the scope of what God's word makes available i mean you don't i mean literally you can pray for whatever you want that's perfectly fine you can do that you're you have freedom of will but all those things which God's word promises he says that they'll come to pass if you believe them and so when i pray and actually he gives us that a command as well and when you pray believe right when you, pray, when you pray, believe, not afterwards or when you pray, believe at that time when you're praying, believe at that very instant and then expect God to come through on what He says and, and if it doesn't work that one time well then stop trying because your experience has just overturned the Word of God no, that's not it you do what the Word of God says then you expect it to come to pass because God says He would that's what He says You know, you can you can be honest with God. You know, we read read once in the Psalms where the psalmist is being a little bit honest with God. Where are you, God? How come we haven't answered my prayer? I haven't. Are you going to are you going to show up? Like literally, when you talk to God, you can do that irreverently or reverently. There's two ways to do that stuff. But if you have problems, take it up with Him. It's his word. It's not my word. It's not your word. It's his word. If I've got a problem with something, I can take it up with him. Say, look, your word says this. How come when I did this, I didn't see this? What's going on? Who's the best one going to tell you how to do that? Take it up with him. But don't take it to the point where we then stop expecting what the word of God says. That would be a dire shame, that would be a disaster. Because our expectancy has to stay on what the Word of God says. We'll close in Hebrews chapter 11. There's another wonderful key here in Hebrews 11. You know it. But we'll just read it. The faith is the, Verse 1, The faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. By what? By believing. Through faith we understand the world, world the ages were framed by the word of God. So things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Why was, why was Abel's sacrifice more excellent than Cain's? They both offered a sacrifice. Why was Abel's more, more excellent? You know, we, we know, I mean, God told them both, this is what you need to bring. This is the sacrifice that I will accept. Abel said, Oh, that's easy. I can do that. And he brought the sacrifice involving blood, and God says, That I accept. Now, Cain, on the other hand, planted some stuff, and you know, the work, he goes, Well, I'm going to do something better than that. I'm going to plant some stuff. I'm going to take the stuff of the land that I've worked on, and I'm going to bring that to you. Well, that's not what God had said. So, why would, why would one man decide that he knows better? Than what the word of that the than the word that had been given, just for Abel, just to follow the word that had been given, God says that is more excellent. That's all he did. He just he just did what the word of God told him to do. In fact, it was a lot easier than what Cain did. More excellent because he he expected God's word to be true. He expected that that's what he should be done. He actually does exactly what he did by which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gift and by, his, by it he being dead speaketh speaketh his, his wonderful believing verse 7 by faith Noah being warned of God things not seen as yet you know Noah Noah is a strange character I know that's okay yeah. you guys read the whole chapter we we'll not read the whole chapter there's a few, few key verses <laughs> that's okay thanks no, Noah is, is an odd man, right? Build me a boat. Well, I don't know what a boat is. Build it anyway. He built it on spec. God told him, build this because there's going to be a lot, something's going to happen, a lot of water. You know what? And he did it. He followed through on what was given to him to do. And you're going to see in this chapter. This chapter is full of men and women who daily did things, or yearly, or annually, did things that God told them to do, even though they didn't really know necessarily where things were leading. And all these guys in this chapter, we're going to see in a second here, they never received the ultimate promise. None of them. They never saw it. We'll see that in a minute, but... Let's keep reading. Verse. Uh, where are we going now? Let's go to verse thirteen now. So that was. Let's, let's finish verse seven. So grace is happy by faith. Noah, <laughs> sorry, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Down to verse thirteen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises having seen them that's the key that i want to look at here is that you know it mentions abraham it mentions all these men Uh, they did amazing things you know abraham did amazing things moses they went through the red sea they went you know joshua they went through jericho they did all these things those were things they did while they were on the earth and they did them because God said that if you do this, this will happen. And they followed through with it. You know, uh, we just read about Joshua, in fact. They followed through with what God told them to do, and they expected his word to come to pass. And they could do that because all of them had an even greater promise that was up in the future. That greater promise that God gave to them were the reason that they could walk by God's word here in the, on this earth. Day by day by day, they literally believed God with the things God had told them, and they were able to do amazing things. If they never saw that promise. It didn't happen in their lifetime. But you see how that the hope of a future promise, which we have as well, ought to allow us to live day by day here with full expectancy of God's Word to come to pass. And, every, and every, every promise he's ever made for this life to come to pass, I mean, it will be, wouldn't it be just enough if he said, you know, everything I've told you is going to come to pass in this world here, and you can just, but yet he's so gracious. He says, yeah, and guess what? There's something greater coming. And that is what really allows you to be bold and be courageous, not to be afraid, because you know we know where we're going, and know that God is with us wherever we go. That, that's, it's, it's that greater promise. Uh, let's. Where are we down? We're down verse thirteen. Um, 11, 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse seventeen. By faith Abraham, when he was off, tried. Offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises. Offered up his only begotten son. Verse 20. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob. By 21. By faith Jacob. Verse 22. By faith Joseph. Verse 23. By faith Moses. When he was born. Was hid three months of his parents. Verse 24. By faith Moses. See time and time again. Verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction. With the people of God. Moses. Literally turned away all the riches in Egypt. That was a decision he made in this life. It wasn't about the next. He made that decision in this life to say because he believed that God's word was true. You think that there's things that you and I might have to do and decide to do because we believe God's word is true despite what the world around us is doing on a regular basis? That may cause us to look a little bit strange, a little bit weird, a little bit un- not as not like everybody else. If if Moses was like everybody else, he would have just said, "Yeah, sure, bring it on. Give me all the Pharaoh's riches. I'm gonna run this country like no." One. That's what people would do, but he didn't do that. And that was a decision he made in this life. But he made that decision because he knew what was coming up ahead. You see how that hope, that hope that they had, which they never saw allowed them to live in this life day by day, expecting God's word to come to pass and the promises God had made to them. Um, verse 26, Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Verse 28, Through faith he kept the Passover. Verse 29, By faith he passed the Red Sea and so forth. Um, by faith, Verse 30, Jericho, thing with Joshua. Verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith... So these are all things they did in this life, okay? Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. So when it says here that they never received the promise... Does that mean they never received the results of promises? No. Not at all. But the promise allowed them to believe God for the promises that they were receiving in this life. It takes quite a stand. It takes quite a person to stand despite you know, whatever, what, the things that are happening in this world and to keep confessing that the Word of God is true and it will come to pass it takes a lot of courage and boldness, doesn't it? I think we know that. It takes boldness and courage. It takes a constant reminder in our mind. God is with us. I know it didn't work this time. I'm sure we can all say that sometimes. But I know what the Word of God says. I know who's with me. I'm not going to change my confession on what the Word of God says. That's word-based expectancy. It's expecting the Word to come to pass in spite of yourself, in spite of myself, in spite of my failings, in spite of our failings, but recognizing that God is unfailing in his promises. So these men here are conquered through faith. Um, verse 34, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. So that whole section talks about those who conquered by believing God. And then, then, then the next part talks about those who weren't able to conquer. Look at this. Um, verse 35. Not able to conquer in the world's view. Verse 35. Women received their dead race to life again, and others, Now I was talking about the others, were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, Moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. This is a little bit of a different list than the previous verse, isn't it? Those guys there, men and women, they saw great results through believing God. And here he says, but others, these ones who, things didn't end up as well as they might have liked. Let's put it that way. They didn't accept deliverance. Why? Because to accept deliverance in those situations would have meant turning away from God. And they were not going to do that. So did they succeed? Absolutely. In God's eyes, trusting and believing Him, they're listed here, are they not? As those who believed God, who served God, because the greater promise allowed them to keep confessing the truth of God's word, whether it ended up in conquering in the situation or ended up in their own death sometimes. But the greater promise allowed them to live this life with faith. You know, it's 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 a place that we live in every day by day. You don't know what your faith's going to end up doing. Is it possible that your faith could end up getting you killed someday? I think so. I think that pattern is established in God's word, isn't it? <laughs> Just ask John the Baptist, or, or Stephen, or men like that. But does that mean that we don't keep expecting what the Word of God says to come to pass in our life? No, of course not. Right? We keep making a stand on God's Word. There were, verse 38, of whom all these people, the ones who conquered, the ones who didn't, of whom the world was not worthy. This world here and the things that it does is not worthy of men and women who stand in faith for the one true God. Just not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. These all having obtained a good report, a good report from God through believing, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And it talks us to look at Jesus Christ and all the things that he accomplished. So, word-based expectancy. It's a recognition that the word of God is true. You know, it's not based on my experience, not based on your experience, but it's based strictly on the truth of Scripture. And it's recognizing that, you know, it it isn't always easy to believe God. It takes courage. It takes boldness. It takes us not being afraid to confess what the Word of God says. But, you know, the greatest thing is that He's with us wherever we go.